Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Um, when it comes to like exotic pets, how do you feel about a chicken? Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why like, is there a chicken? I saw at a local <laughs> place where like you can adopt pets. It's like, you know, you're looking to see like what they got dog wise and like there's a chicken. This is a dog, not a chicken. Chickens don't look like dogs. Can a chicken be a pet? No. It feels like it'd be pretty easy to take care of. The nightcap. Who the hell would want a chicken for a pet? On WGR. This is day one, and I'm already <laughs> thinking about acquiring a chicken. Sports Radio 550. Wow, that, that feels like a lifetime ago. That was last year. Like, less than 12 months ago. And it feels like it was five years ago. 2020 was long. Very long. Um... The best thing to happen in 2020, though, is it, it's the bill season, right? I is mean, it, for me personally, yes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a lot going on otherwise. I just there's so much I want to talk about tonight pertaining to the bills. Like now that 2020, in terms of the regular season and the calendar year is over. Like just looking back on that calendar year for the Buffalo Bills. Like I, I want to just sit with that for a couple of minutes today. We will talk plenty about the Indianapolis Colts, their first playoff meeting ever with Indianapolis on Saturday. That is weird. It's so weird, in fact, that the Colts and the Ravens were the only two teams the Bills have never seen in the playoffs. And the Ravens have obviously only been around since 99, 2000? Yeah, late nineties. Yeah, the right? Browns leave. Well, the Browns leave in what ninety seven, so ninety seven. And then there was were, were there, there was a two year gap for the Browns, right? So yeah, then that they come about, back. Yeah. So maybe ninety seven is the first year for Baltimore. So you understand why the Ravens have never been played. Um, the Colts have never been played either. Which again, no Baltimore Colts either. So the Bills have never played Baltimore. Um, and this is their first meeting for a team they used to be in a division with that they have shared a conference with for a very long time now. And that has been relatively... Well, they've been good at different times, I guess. Right. The Bills were great in the 90s. The Colts were not. Then the Colts had 15-plus years of just greatness, and the Bills didn't make the playoffs. So I don't really have much of a feeling about the Colts. I, I don't really go either way. Um, what that That's kind of what I want to start with today. 803 is the phone number. Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap. And it's not just... I guess my feelings towards them, like whether I like them or hate them or whether I root for or against them, this team itself, I'm just not – it's hard for me to, to, to make an opinion on what they are because I think they just kind of – they're just kind of there. 
for me. Like, they're fine. They're good. I'm not scared of them, but I'm also not considering them a pushover. Right. Like, I would have if they played Miami for a second week in a row. Jeez, I was, I was you getting were to so the point right where I, was, I really wanted the Browns to, to blow it. You were so right on that. Mid, mid-point of the season, we were sitting in here arguing about how good the Dolphins were. And my only out, and I'm it's not a complete out, but I will just throw this in. My only out is... When I was strongest about my love for the Dolphins this year is when Ryan Fitzpatrick was in a quarterback. Yeah. And then once I saw Tua for about three, four, five, really the fourth and fifth game of him, I really realized, okay, there's not much happening here. Is there and any yesterday it just hit rock bottom. Is there any question that them going to Tua was just an absolutely terrible decision? I well, it depends. If, if they get a new quarterback out of it, if they get a new quarterback, then I think it was it will end up being per, it will be a it will be a good decision for them if they pick a quarterback. I would agree with that. I strictly for this year. No, terrible. And that roster terrible. It was just brutal timing. They are in the playoffs if Ryan Fitzpatrick is a quarterback. I 100% agree with that. The the Dolphins, and again, I think they had logical reasons to do it. To see Tua when you have that Texans pick. But in a way, they robbed Ryan Fitzpatrick of his first playoff appearance. And, and they here's robbed another, him of it. Here's another thing, Joe. I was thinking, watching the game, and obviously, Bills just, it was really never in doubt. Even when the when Allen threw the interception, that ensuing drive by the Dolphins where they got like one first down and, and then they had to kick a field goal, I was like, there is just no way. Mm-hmm. That Tua is gonna win this game. Like maybe in at the end uh, in the second half when the Bills rest their star- starters or whenever the Bills starters come out. But there was just nothing. There was no evidence to show that that Dolphins roster with Tua at the helm could compete with the Bills. Now, yeah. I was thinking to myself, do you feel different if the Dolphins were were to have made the playoffs, like while the game was still going on, we didn't know the result of the the Colts Jags at that point or the Brown Steelers. So even though the Dolphins were losing, there was still the chance that they would mm-hmm. get in just on default. And I was thinking to myself, I'm a little more worried if Fitzpatrick's the starter next week, which I think he has to be. It would worry me a little bit. It would be more of a conversation with like even Indianapolis. The, the Fitzpatrick-led Dolphins, to me, are a lot closer to a scare to, to where the Colts are than if Tua's in there. If Tua's there, they are a pushover. Right. They are the team that I would have assumed the Bills had, would beat. If Matt Barkley was their quarterback, I might assume they would have beat them. Because that second half last week, or yesterday, that was embarrassing <laughs> for Miami. I mean, that was embarrassing. Utterly terrible. You are letting the Bills' backups run you over. How... And, Great was it to just see the Bills just run up the score on a team and it was not great. try. I know. I mean, you can no, right. make the argument that they were throwing maybe when they shouldn't I, have been. I don't want to say that, though, because uh. I think who got the question yesterday? I think it was Matt Barkley, actually, in postgame. We got asked about, do you think the D- Dolphins players might have a problem or have a reason to have a problem with you guys running up the score? And Barkley's response was, what were we going to do? Go out there and go three and out on purpose? They were running the football up the middle with Antonio Williams. Yeah. What else could you ask the Bills to do than throw a guy who had, by the way, quasi-retired before the season because he didn't think his NFL career was going to become anything. He signed with North Carolina to be an assistant running backs coach. That was four months ago. That guy's running ISO runs up the middle, and you still can't stop him? Miami at that point you don't you deserve to have the score run up. It's not Barkley through the one deep past Davis. But 
Otherwise, the Bills took their foot way off the gas in that third and fourth quarter. And <laughs> there is a medium, though. Like, <laughs> Right? You don't yes, have to go yeah. three. And I'm not saying I didn't like it. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Bills put up 56 points on the Miami Dolphins. But you don't have to go three and out. You also don't have to give Gabe Davis two receptions for 107 yeah. yards and a touchdown or whatever yeah. his yeah. stat line was. But I over it was just yesterday was great. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. Yesterday was great. I, I was a little worried for how long, little queasy, how long they left Josh Allen in there, how long they left Stephon Diggs in there. When Diggs Sp- got landed on, Diggs got that hit from behind from Christian Wilkins, which Ugh. a lot of people seem to think was dirty. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to call it outright clean, but you're Christian Wilkins. You're chasing Stephon Diggs from behind. It's a wide receiver. I mean. It's a he's he's about to slide. How often are you going to see that from a receiver in the league? It does happen, but I, I'm not blaming Wilkins there. Like some people th- were thinking, it was a dirty hit. But good thing he's healthy. He was good after that play. Uh, Allen gets out clean, of course. Everybody really got out clean except for Taron Johnson, who came back in. So that that was check one. That was number one in the the checklist yesterday. Get out of that game healthy. They did that. Now we see if Cole Beasley can come back and return to the field on Saturday against the Colts. Um, and if he can't, maybe Kenny still sees the field. He'll get some practices in this week on the practice squad, and uh, we'll see if he can give anything to the Bills receiving core. So, again, yesterday was great. Yesterday was fun. I think they got a desired playoff opponent. Once it became clear that Jacksonville was not going to beat the Colts and the result had already been in for Pittsburgh and Cleveland, and it was down to Colts-Titans. And even going into the day, I might have put the Colts second after the Dolphins. I would have had to really sit with that, them versus the Browns, but I might have ended up with the Colts as my second preferred opponent. So that should really speak to what I think of them. Um, they are a team that I think if I'm making them throw the football all day, that they can't keep up. Uh, they're not. A, they're no slouch. Like They're an okay offense. They're an okay passing offense, even with Phillip Rivers. But... The Bills have proven five, six games in a row now against quality defenses. Miami, San Francisco, Denver, Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter. They light you up. They're going to put 40-plus. They can put 50-plus up. That team's going to score points against the Colts, even though the Colts are, again, another great defense. And it will come down to, can Phillip Rivers keep up with Josh Allen? And, man, is that, one, a fun reality to live in? And, two, I don't think it's one that Phillip Rivers can come out successful in at this stage in his career. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. If you're strictly looking at quarterback to quarterback, you know, comparison, I I just can't see a circumstance in which at the end of the game Phil Rivers has played better than Josh Allen. I can't. Now, if you want to get into the Jonathan Taylor might be one of the hottest players in the NFL right now. Yeah. If he breaks off a couple runs, that obviously the the big playability by Taylor, maybe that's something that can keep the Colts in the game. They might need a score like that. They might need a defensive score or something like that to be able to keep the Colts in this game. But the Colts are 11-5 and for a reason. They did have a very easy schedule, but they're still 11-5. and And it's amazing to me that they got into the playoffs. They, they essentially squeaked into the playoffs. They needed a ton of things to go right for them to be in the playoffs as an 11-5 and team with an added playoff spot, which mm-hmm. is just speaks to the level of the AFC this year. Yeah, you, The Bills are going to play a good team. Indianapolis is a good team, and they're certainly capable of hanging around with the Bills. They, they are. I, and when it comes to that comparison, 
when it came down to Titans and Colts. Like I was I was rooting for yes. for Tennessee to kick that field goal. Yeah. Because to me, the Colts are very similar to Indianapolis. But I trust I would be more worried about the Titans, not just because they beat the Bills earlier in the season, although that would be in the back of my mind. They're just an upgraded version of it. Yeah. Like there are two key members on offense, like you just mentioned. Phillip Rivers, but Jonathan Taylor, maybe the hottest running back in the league. I'm still be more I would be more scared of Derrick Henry. I would be more scared of Derrick Henry if it came down to that. Even though again, the Bills kind of shut him down. I would respect Derrick Henry as a challenge more. And I respect the arm of Ryan Tannehill being able to keep up with Josh Allen more right. than I would with Phillip Rivers. And now, I think the rest the of the defense, teams are though, comparable. Well, the rest of the offense I meant is comparable. Yeah, the, right. the, for sure. Defensively. Defensively. That, and I, I was thinking that too. Like, if they're going to get into a track meet with the Titans or the Colts, I just really trust this Bills offense. And, you know, yeah. and the Bills have shown, Josh Allen has shown, it doesn't really matter the quality of the opponent's defense. Just if he's on, 300 he's plus. putting up numbers. It's it's so fun. I, oh, I love this team. It, it, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's easy. It's the best regular season I've ever seen. Oh, for me, it's yeah. easy. Yeah. But like when I heard Mike earlier today in the afternoon show called the best regular season in Bills history, like if you really put that in perspective, 50-plus years of Bills football, and this was the best calendar year we've seen from them, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to be the one to tell you that's wrong. Because last, especially this last stretch, weeks seven on, the only loss being the hell, the hell Murray. That's it. You hate that name, by the way, right? Or is Nate Nate the one? Some someone. I mean, I hate it too. Someone's barred me from saying. A lot it. of people hate that. Okay, but someone's barred me from saying it's not you, and I said it's so we're good. Um, <laughs> they would have won ten games in a row. Their point yeah. differential from weeks twelve on, where they were blowing people out of the water, the fifth best in NFL history from weeks twelve on, and. A couple of those teams, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Niners in the 80s, those teams won Super Bowls. The, the one team ahead of them that didn't was New England in 2010. And is that they lose? Is that the year they lose to the Giants? Maybe it's the year before. They All, all their wins blend together. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so, like, one of the hottest teams in this stretch, one of the hottest teams in NFL history leading into the playoffs. And it does kind of stink, I guess, that they're the two seed and this is the first year they don't get a bye. But... I, again, we get to see them play a game. A home playoff game against a team they should beat, that they are favored by seven points over. I mean, oh, what world is this? A seven-point favorite at home in the postseason. And it all kind of comes back to the same thing, though. It, these are all branches on the same tree. And that is, this team can win a Super Bowl. Like, this season, they could be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. That is a realistic goal. And... That is a may, maybe even a realistic expectation. There are plenty of media pundits, ESPN, NFL Network, name your, name your affiliation, and you will find people that are picking the Buffalo Bills right now to win the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. And it's hard for me to make a better case for anybody else. And I know they are not currently the favorites to win the Super Bowl in the betting community, but I'm here to tell you there is a real case that they should be the Super Bowl favorites today. And that the only thing that holds me back from that is that they don't have a first round bye. It's like the only thing. I think if they were the one seed in the AFC, they would be the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, I mean, if I think I think if you look at the NFC and you put the Bills in the NFC, 
there is really only one team in that entire conference yep. that keeps up with the Bills' offense, and that's the Packers. Yep. I think being in the AFC gives me pause because you could make a case for every team to beat the Bills in the AFC, and I don't yeah. think you have that in the NFC. Right. It's Oh, I see what you mean. It's not even necessarily who's at the top. It's, right. It's like... Yeah, yeah, the Browns could beat the Bills. The Colts, yeah. you could you can make an argument. Could you, if the if the Bills are playing the Bears, there, I was gonna say there's two there's two arguably bad teams in the <laughs> NFC playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> Not Washington might not even be arguable. They might just be one. <laughs> right. And then right, the Bears. So the, the path is is difficult for the Bills, but the Bills are are good against good teams. You know, they had mm-hmm. that six day stretch. The six-day stretch where they struggled with the Titans, they struggled with the Chiefs, and I'm not one to make excuses because any team can make an excuse on any week, and that you know whatever you lost, you lost. But we're talking about a six-day period where they got really their only two legitimate losses of the season. No, okay, That's crazy. Now, but here's one thing I was thinking, Joe. Like, yes, this is a great season. We're all having a blast watching this team. It could all be over with one bad performance. <laughs> How scary is that? How scary is the I, expectation? And it's built every time the Bills have made the playoffs. It really has. And this will really be the first. My, they'll be my first taste of that. Probably right, maybe same. you too. Because, yeah. and we've said this before, but they've played two playoff games that I've seen, and neither one I would say I cared th- that much about winning going into it. Just happy to be there, especially the Jaguar game. Oh, without question. Last year, them getting out to win. the lead yeah. and then the crazy end of the game, yeah. fourth quarter and overtime, like just the wild ending to that game. It was it heartbreaking, really made but you, it didn't need to be heartbreaking. Right. It brought you to the edge of your chair. Right. This game, it's going to, even with it being the Colts, it's going to start with you being at the edge of your chair for me. Yes. Because, and that's something I have not yet experienced, where they are playing a a win-or-go-home game in the NFL playoffs, and you have expectations attached to it, where losing that game is not a success. And that has been that in the past. Because th- th- I don't even want to have... I don't even want to throw that question out there. Like, would them losing to the Colts, would it still be a successful season? I don't even want to throw that question out there, because their expectation is so much higher than just beating Indianapolis in one playoff game. But that is the first step, and they drew a good opponent. I think you make a good point about who else is in the conference right now because, like you said, there's a 7-9 and nine and an 8-8 eight and eight team in the NFC playoffs, and you just had a Miami team at 10-6 and six who I don't really think is that good, but they had three more wins than Washington and two more than Chicago. And they missed. That's how strong this conference was. The Raiders would have made the playoffs in the NFC. And they missed by... They weren't even in it in Week 17 in the AFC. So... And the Raiders beat the Chiefs this year. Right. But the Bills, at the same time, I do think they have a very favorable favorable path to Kansas City. I think they can avoid a lot of these challenges. Mm. They can avoid Baltimore. They can avoid Cleveland. They can avoid Tennessee. And that happens with two very simple things. The Bills beat the Colts, and the Steelers, and beat, the Steelers the beat the Browns. And today, I don't think this is a hot take. Maybe it is for me because I was banging the drum for them earlier in the season. But today, I think the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC, despite the fact that they beat the Colts and had a great second half against Indianapolis. And I'll give them some credit for with a backup quarterback going toe-to-toe with Cleveland right to the very end on the road. 
But still, because of what those four games looked like prior, I think I have to say right now that Pittsburgh, to me, is the weakest team in the conference. That's I w- left. I would agree with that. And, you know, we're getting way ahead of ourselves talking about the Bills' possible next opponents. And that, by the way, and the way reason I said that, I no, don't think I, I said this, if Pittsburgh wins, they're the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're right, though. I mean, that's about as good as the Bills were going to do, especially once the Dolphins were out. Yeah. That possible path is about as good as it gets. Of course, the Colts could beat the Bills. Of course, the Steelers could beat the Bills. But if you're talking about, I want to sit here and pick, of the the playoff field in the AFC, I'm going to sit here and pick the two games that get me to the AFC championship, those might be the two teams you pick. Mm -hmm. Like, it's there for you. It's there for you. And good on the Bills for getting the two seed without playing a full game. Yeah. How? The Colts could beat the Bills, but like how? How would they do it? Because, like I said, I mean, they don't have a lot of paths. But football can be a fluky sport. How about this? The Bills did not get a defensive touchdown in in like three years. And now they have like three in their last four games. (laughs) They do. You know, stuff happens, you know, a a fumble, whatever. Jonathan Taylor, if he breaks out for a 75 yard touchdown run, just like that. I mean, things like that happen, and that's why even the, the Bills were a 17-point underdog against the Vikings a couple years ago and crushed mm-hmm. the Vikings on the road. And I know that's not the norm, but you're talking about a very capable Colts team that's 11-5 and with a veteran quarterback with some really nice pieces. They can win, and they have a good defense too, a defense that can cause turnovers. You know, they, like they they have to play their perfect game, though. I feel like to beat the Bills. Sure, they have to play their perfect game. The Bills, you want their perfect game? They've been giving you it recently, but they can they can. I think they can have a couple turnovers. Even I think they can yeah. have a couple mistakes, a couple bounces go the other way. The Bills' and margin for win. error is bigger than the Colts' margin for error. For sure, that's and why, I don't think that's even debatable. For sure, no. That's that's why they're the biggest favorite. Right in the no, the biggest favorite in the playoffs, or just in the conference. I'll have to find that. Uh, I would have to imagine the Buccaneers are a bigger favorite over Washington. Even though it's on the road? I would. That I've would be here. my guess. I'll, I've, seven and a half so for you, Tampa. Yeah. And that's actually not the biggest one because New Orleans is an eight and a half point favorite at home against Chicago. That that makes sense, actually. Kind of shows the disparity between the NFC and AFC playoff Chicago. picture. Right. I was mad. How did that happen? I was mad. <laughs> I wanted to see the, the Cardinals and the Rams get in. I would have loved to see a Cardinals-Saints yeah. playoff game. Kyler Murray has been... The injuries he's been going through really since the Bills game. You look at his rush attempts, they're less than half per game. Then first half of the season versus second half of the year, uh, his rushing attempts were cut by more than half. And there's been reported injuries really since then. So they would have been fun, and mostly it would have been because of him, but I don't think we were getting uh, 100%. We weren't getting the best version of Kyler Murray because he hasn't been running. So. All right, well, there's a little start to a Bills-Colts preview that's going to really go through the week. Uh, 803-0550 is the phone number. How big a challenge are the Colts to you? And we'll jump into a little Josh Allen MVP talk before we get out of here, probably in the next segment as well. Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney looking for your calls next year on WGR.
He's an important part of our team. He's like that little energizer bunny. He gets everybody going. He's got energy. He's got great focus. He works incredibly hard at practice. You know, he's on the show team and going a million reps, and then he's coming over there on the offense and doing a bunch of the reps. You root for guys like that that kind of came up the hard way and just keep on fighting and keep on scrapping. He's a big part of the glue in that receiver room. He's got a great personality. He's fortunate enough to be around some good coaches and Chad and Mark and then some good players where he likes to ask a lot of questions, soak things up, and just a terrific teammate and, and very happy for him yesterday and how he contributed to the success of our football team. Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dable on Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie, free agent at the end of the year, by the way. I am all of, sign that guy. Sign that man. He can, he is your backup everything. Everything. He's your backup everything. Cornerback. Corner, right. He played corner <laughs> last year. Just like, there's Isaiah McKenzie, week 17 against the Jets. He's covering, who plays receiver for the Jets? Jamison Crowder. So, he also, I had this stat yesterday, um, he became the only Bill in history to have a passing, rushing, receiving, and punt return touchdown, all with the Bills. OJ did a kick return in place of a punt return for that, but McKenzie's the only one with those three, and then also a punt return touchdown. Um... He was great yesterday. He, I think, it's hard to think he won't be the replacement for Cole Beasley if Beasley can't go in terms of the slot receiver. He was second on the team in uh, snap percentage from the slot at 55%. Beasley's at 84. Um, But I think you'll see a lot of McKenzie if you don't have Beasley. Maybe Kenny Stills, too. Um, And then Dable, too, who's talking in that clip. There's so much news on him. We'll get to it in the offseason, I'm sure. I don't think we would find out. Uh, there's no way. There's no way we'd find out before the Bills are done what Dable's doing next. Um, we might be able to do process of elimination if other teams have hired, and like the Chargers are still sitting out there without a guy. Um, that would be where I guess, by the way, for him quickly, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the the St. Franny connection between Telesco and Dable, and then like if you're picking these teams based on who your quarterback is, yeah, I, you could make a case that if Urban Meyer doesn't go to Jacksonville that I want Trevor Lawrence but I think I would maybe take even Herbert over that just because I've seen a year of him. And how about the uh, the Jags owner, Khan, coming out and <laughs> say that he has a yeah. final roster decision yep. making? That's just, absurd. What is it? <laughs> just how could you think that's a good idea? I Jerry Jones has tried it. Yeah, and it's going really well in Dallas. <laughs> One, two playoff wins, something, something. I don't even know what it is. Um so, yeah, Dable is getting a lot of uh, interviews around the market. I just don't want him to go to the Jets. No, I'm good. 803-0550 is the phone number. Bills versus Colts on Saturday at 105. You okay with the time, by the way? Did you Were you spurned by them not having a primetime game? Um, I took it a little personally just because I think that Buffalo fans are predispositioned to take things like that personally. But then yeah. when you think they had, like, five primetime games in a row and – like at the end of the day, aren't all NFL playoff games essentially prime time? Like, who's not watching, right? Like, oh, I got something to do at at one on this this Saturday during a pandemic. Like, I doubt it. Yeah. You know, like they're all prime time games to me. Right. Obviously, you know, you want a night game, but I mean, I I don't care. Let's go. Let's get it over with. All right, eight zero three zero five fifty is the phone number. We promise calls. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Sean on Long Island. You're on WGR. What's up? Hey guys, how are you? Good. Just reflecting back last night, I was definitely giddy about um, 
obviously how they had the Bills performed and the backups against the Dolphins and you know taking a look at the matchup was okay with the Colts you know that wasn't definitely it wasn't one of the top teams I preferred to face but nonetheless here we are uh anywhere this season that you can compare an offensive line uh to the Colts O-line I think it's in a class of its own um and do you feel there's uh, is there any way, basically, can Nelson and Taylor essentially be such a force that they kind of take the game over? Um, where do you feel, like, what I'm trying to get at is, yep. on the defensive side, what is our plan of attack to try to maximize our offensive opportunities and to try to limit that massive strength of theirs, which is Quentin Nelson. He's a one-man wrecking crew. Uh-huh. And Taylor. Yeah. I think Oliver is very much outmatched, unfortunately, by Nelson. You know, I don't know. You know try to talk me off the ledge on that one, I guess, if you could. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the call, Sean. I think that's obviously the plan of attack the Colts will come in with. They are the hottest team in the league in terms of running the football. And Jonathan Taylor is a big part of that. But the offensive line is more. They, I think they have the best offensive line in football. I think it's fair to say that. They, They're hurt, though. They are hurt. Um, Costanzo, done for the year? There's one other, I think, isn't there? Maybe not. Um, but Phillip Rivers, most time in the pocket this season to throw the football. And that's in the pocket. You know, he doesn't scramble. So he's not he's not buying you time outside. Like Josh Allen has a lot of time to throw. Sometimes it's because he makes it himself. They they give Phillip Rivers time to stand back there and throw the football. And it's a good thing because he's probably the most immobile quarterback in football. He can't even do QB sneaks anymore uh, because of his back. So, yes. How would you stop it? Uh, to me, my first thought is to stack the box. And you don't want to do it too much because I do respect the weapons that Indianapolis has. Like They've got good receivers. T.Y. Hilton had a good resurgence in the second half of the year, and he can stretch the field. And Michael Pittman looks really good as a second-round rookie. They have a good crop of tight ends. They have three good tight ends. Jack Doyle's good, more of a blocker, but he's okay in the pass game. Mo Ali Cox is like 640. Mass, like He's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, and then Trey Burton's maybe been their most productive tight end in the past game. So they've got three good tight ends. They've got two good wide receivers. And I haven't even mentioned the guy I think led them in catches this year, Naheem Hines, because Rivers dumps the ball off a lot every, every other play. Yeah, um, He's good, though. Like he's not, he's not even Austin Eckler like he had in, in L.A., but Hines is to be respected. I think maybe that's the guy you look for in the past game. But when you've got a guy like Matt Milano – that, that's why I love the idea of keeping Milano long-term. Is when you play a guy like Naheem Hines, who other teams are trying to get matched up on your linebacker, the Bills are one of the teams that that's not necessarily a disadvantage for them. So that that's, I guess, how I would go defensively. Uh, I think the best defense against a team that wants to run the ball is put points on the board. If you put points on oh, the board that- right away and you get up to a lead... Guess what? They can't utilize their their rushing attack anymore. And actually, Howard put out an interesting stat. So he tweeted it two hours ago. So Jonathan Taylor is averaging five yards per carry. The Bills gave up five yards per carry or more in seven games. The Bills went five and two in those games with the losses coming to Kansas City and Arizona. (laughs) So we're really talking six and one and a game against the Chiefs in which it was blatantly obvious they were allowing the Chiefs to run. Wow. Put up points, and that's your best defense against the team that, and he's right, Quentin Nelson is phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor is playing phenomenal. I'm still holding up on him, by the way, long term. And not just because I gave up on him in fantasy, 
But that's exactly why worst it is, time. No, no, but the reason I did that in the first place was he was screaming Trent Richardson to me. In How? That he had every physical ability you could ask for. Was Trent Richardson fast? Eh, okay, maybe Okay, maybe he's a step above because you're right. Speed-wise, I think he would give you Taylor's more. Taylor's a 4-3 guy. Yeah. I don't remember what Richardson was. Not a 4-3. But the similarity <laughs> to me in like the first half of the season, and maybe I should have given him more time, and actually I definitely should have given him more time. First half of the season, there was a lot of film guys out there talking about Jonathan Taylor that this guy can't hit open holes. On this offensive line, when you can't do that, there's a problem. And I had it in the back of my head, the whole Wisconsin thing, where they usually use up their running backs and they don't do so well in the NFL. Um, but... Give him credit. The last five, six weeks, he might be the best, one of the best running backs in the league. So, to be fair, Joe, Trent Richardson is not as slow as I thought he was. Okay. I think you think of, I think of I Trent think Richardson is, as being slow because he's big. Yeah. He, he ran a, he ran in the four, four, late four fours. Okay, that's it's still less than Taylor, but yeah, that's that's respectable. Um, but he's definitely not that. Uh, Richardson, I mean, yeah. there's a meme about him missing a hole. The hole. It was like, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking I, about. I don't remember what the game it was. The whole left side is completely open, and he yeah. runs right into the pile. Yeah, Yeah. so Hines to me and Taylor, like they're running backs. And that, I guess, is why I think of the Bills so much more highly than the Colts also, is that when a team relies on running back as much as they do, I, I just don't see you winning a Super Bowl with that with that combination. Whereas the Bills right now use running back less than anybody in the sport. Um, so that's where I'm at on that. All right, uh, let's get to quickly here. I want to at least get it here, and then we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Josh Allen for MVP. It's not something I've spent a lot of time with this year because I never really thought it was that realistic. I think there was a, maybe a, going back three, four weeks, there's been a case for him to win it. But I just never thought he would because of Rodgers and Mahomes' seasons. But now that Mahomes has kind of taken a step back in that conversation and in the odds, Rodgers is still there, but like Allen, more passing yards than Rodgers by 250, give or take. Trails him by, five or, by six total touchdowns. Both teams had great success, and I'm, I'm left kind of... I'm in I can't decide who I think is the MVP. I think Rodgers will win it, but I would be in the undecided camp. An undecided voter between Allen and Rodgers. Yeah, I and I would not even consider Derrick Henry. We're going to have a great bias. season, but I'm just not going to pick a running back. I yeah, no no running backs. I I'm biased, of course, but I still think Aaron Rodgers is the guy to win this. And and he does he has Devontae Adams, he has Aaron Jones, he has a good coach. You know, they have a good all-around honestly, I think the Bills and the Packers are pretty much mirror images of each other. I think in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, on both sides of the ball, really. Um yeah. I think Green Bay tries to establish the run more than the Bills do. Sure. Um but otherwise, Be, but, but I they, do they because they can better than the Bills, or is it a, a conscious choice? Aaron Jones yeah. and Jamal Williams is a significantly better duo than Singletary and, and Moss. Moss, and I like both Singletary and Moss. But I mean, we're talking about Aaron Jones, who's one of the better running backs in the league. They have a good run game. Yeah, they spent a second round pick on AJ Dillon too. Can't even see the field because of those guys, by the way. Right. Um, G- uh, number one receiver without question. They got. 
complimentary, not great. Yep. I think the Bills' receiving core overall is better than the Packers, so... You know, that's one way in which they're different. They they're probably a, a little bit better running. He's at least got a tight end. Robert Tanyan, I think, led the league in, in touchdowns. touchdowns for tight ends. Yeah. Um, it, I, it's really interesting. But Rodgers has put up the numbers. His his quarterback rating is one of the best ever. Yeah. 40, you know, I know that's not a great way to evaluate a quarterback, but... It's there. 48 touchdowns, too. In, 48 touchdowns. And that's his career high. And you know what else, Joe? On a year, by the way, where they picked a first-round quarterback. Yeah. Like, all uh, Philadelphia is like, ah, oh, the Eagles ruined Carson Wentz by picking Jalen Hurts in the second round. Yeah. Well, if you're, guess what? When you're an elite quarterback, it doesn't matter what your team does behind you at quarterback. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're just going to throw out 50 touchdowns. And another reason why I think he's going to win the MVP is because he's Aaron Rodgers. See, that is where I think Allen might have a chance. He's the new kid on the block. And I think sometimes voters can get swayed by that. But it's not and, like Aaron Rodgers is like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, where he but, should win, the or right. LeBron James, where he should win the MVP every year. And That's doesn't. true. That's it's true. not like Aaron Rodgers, like, like Mahomes might get to that territory where you yeah. just want to see a new face win the MVP. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that. I think that's fair. He's also not Russell Wilson, which was when Russell Wilson was leading the voting uh, or the odds at the midway point of the season, a, a good logical reason for why that could happen was he hasn't won it yet. And it'll be like, all right, this is Russell Wilson's MVP. He doesn't have one yet. And even though Allen doesn't have one yet, he's so young, I'm not sure that would register. But Rodgers at the same time, he's already won two. So it's not like they would feel the need to, hey, he's 37. He doesn't have one yet. If we don't give it to him now, he's never going to get it. So... That's why I think it's close. I think you can you can pick apart any argument, and I think it's really close. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Allen finishes second. I think I think he sh- will finish second. I don't even think just think he should. I think he will finish second. I would say that today. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Short segment coming up, and we'll talk some sabers with that. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number. It's the nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR. Well, first and foremost, it's the leader that Eric is. That uh, just—he's such a natural leader, such a such a solid human being. So that that alone, and the experience that he brings with him, add extreme value to the group. Sabres head coach Ralph Kruger on Eric Stahl. You watch the scrimmage, right? No, I was working, Joe. I mean, just no downtime. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Stahl, he looked good today, I thought. Uh, I thought Tage Thompson stood out the most, I think in part because he was filling in on Victor Olofsson's spot playing with Taylor Hall. But a lot easier playing with Taylor Hall. Hall just carries the puck through the neutral zone all the time, offensive zone. Thompson was doing a lot, but I didn't think he had to do a ton. I think that's a good scenario for him. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm so pumped. Ten days. Ten days they're on the ice playing hockey. I'm excited, and I don't even think they're going to be particularly good. I just want to watch the Buffalo Sabres play hockey. I'm in a weird spot on that. I think this team will be better. Yes. I think they may even be a lot better than last year, and I don't think you will see any difference in the standings. And that is mostly because I think they are the second-to-worst team in their division. It's just a brutal division. If this was a regular year, I would 
I think unequivocally yeah. say that they should be absolutely fighting for a playoff spot. This year yes. it's different. It's just the level of competition that you have to play night after night after night is uh-huh. astounding. I think you could realistically argue that in the Atlantic Division, which is now well, maybe it comes back next year. I don't even know what the get what, rid of divisions. What's the exit plan? Yes, <laughs> get rid of divi- I don't know if I can think anymore because you just you. Just threw the show Sorry. off the rails. Well, let's throw the show off the rails real quick. We just got a couple minutes. No, no. Okay, well, I, last year's division. Yeah. I think those that group of teams, yes. you could seriously argue the Sabres are fourth. I think you could put them reasonably ahead of Montreal and ahead of Florida. And I think you can definitely put them ahead of Ottawa and Detroit. Am oh, I missing yeah. anybody? I'm putting them behind Toronto, Boston, Tampa. Yeah, that sounds right to me. And instead of fourth, you are getting... Seventh. I forgot how many teams were in the divisions. Um, They got a tough draw. And I think that's going to stink because you got a lot of guys on one year contracts. This is kind of a tryout year for a ton of players. Stahl's on a one year contract. Montour's on a one year contract. Reinhardt's on a one year contract. I mean, you got to make big decisions after this season. And Dalene's got one year left. He's going to have to get paid. That's an obvious one. But. I'm excited, too. At the end of the day, like you just said, I'm excited, even though I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and I'm still super pumped. And jer- jerseys. I just want to see the jerseys. The on jerseys the I'm excited oh. for. I'm excited to see uh, some offense. You know, I don't I don't need a playoff run yeah. this year. Like, I, that's not the season I'm going. I'm not going into this season like, oh, I'm not going to be a Sabres fan again unless they give me the playoffs. Like, I don't feel that way. I'm excited to see them play. I'm excited yep. to see what Jack uh, Eichel and Taylor Hall look like together. I think that might be the most exciting part for me, honestly. I I am a little bit excited about this format too of the schedule. You know, they got a tough yep. draw with the division they're in, but I like the baseballish, you know, series component of the schedule this year. Yeah, and the game times came out today. A lot of afternoon games, a lot of matinees, eleven out of fifty-six. Yeah, um, with six of those being at one o'clock. So. Yeah, and then like this kind of goes off what you just said. I think you could, I could totally see them being a fun team this year, fun, but not necessarily being that good. Give me entertainment. Yeah, they give us something. They gave <laughs> us the jerseys. Yeah, the jerseys they got were big. Taylor Hall, and hopefully that translates to fun at least. All right, thanks everybody for listening tonight. We will talk more Josh Allen MVP. We didn't get to a ton of that on tonight's show, but we got more time for that. And of course, Bills Colts throughout the rest of the week. So come back tomorrow at 7 o'clock, and we'll see you then. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.